Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Well, please be seated if you like. We just remain in an attitude of worship. Thank you, Father. Hmm. Just as we have words, I just want to remind you that um, if you have a word in your heart, then please come and share it with either um, normally T or, or if Karen and, um, is here too, then she's not in the children's building or wherever. <laughs> but um, please do. We want to hear what God is saying to the body. So come and share them. And then if, at the appropriate time, if there is ministry, we'll, we'll certainly um, put that in. So, But uh, I just, just ponder, you know, the Word of God says that we don't take prophecies lightly. We don't despise prophecies, but it says that we should judge them and um, uh, hold on to that which is good. And so it's really important that, that, we, that we sit up and pay attention when the Lord speaks to us. And He is. I know that many of you have been ministered to in the worship, but Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Lord, that you're living inside of us. Thank you, Father, that you are present. And you're present to do what you've always done. Thank you, Father. We just respond. We open our hearts to what you're doing today. Right now, Father, we just thank you for that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You're good. You're so good to us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I am. Um, I'm not sure if there's something. Somebody else got another word or not before I do any. Does anybody have something? Checking out. Cornelius. Yes, sir. You have a prophecy for us. Oh. Okay. Okay, you, you you have a prayer request? Yes, sir. One of my co-workers has been getting the wrong person. Mm -hmm. Yes. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Yes, there's lots of people that are having really tough times right so lord father thank you that we know that the comforter is present and father thank you for troubled families really going through a difficult time lord we've heard of a number of these testimonies and stories where people are struggling to reconcile truth they do not understand you they don't understand your truth and, and many of them have blamed you even for sickness and disease which is certainly you're not the author of. Father, thank you that you minister to this family. Father, thank you that there they are children um, of you, harvesters, workers. We thank you, Lord, that you are the Lord of the harvest and that uh, we pray that you minister to them. Send people with the right words, the right wisdom, comfort, edification in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, I am going to, uh, in fact, I want to wonder if you wouldn't mind showing, the, well, just bringing up the OCC, the Operation Christmas Child. I just wanted to mention the Operation Christmas Child thing. Uh, first, the, the Operation Christmas Child, we have a ridiculously big goal. 
Now, I don't know if I was being silly or not. Do you think I was being crazy? Because, because I, you know, we only had, how many, 200 boxes. So I said, why did we get 1,000 boxes next year? And you know that we're a third of the way there already. Isn't that amazing? So we're at, we're at, we're at we're, our goal is 15,000 because we, we buy the, the, the items in bulk because we can get a much better deal that way. And so we're going to have a, a big old packing party in November. But um, we're, we're a third of the way there. We're over $5,000. I'm not sure exactly, but I know that we passed the, 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 the $5,000 mark. And so, um, you know, we used to do sort of uh, many of you might remember years ago, we sort of had a Christmas tree back here and we would do, um, sorry, what? The angel tree. That's right. We called it the angel tree and, and there were kids in need, you know, that we would give to um, and, and so on. And we felt like there was that, that season for us had stopped and we felt like this was a great opportunity for now. And we'll continue it as long as we feel we should. Um, but this is a great opportunity to, to go way beyond us and give to kids that are in need far away from here. And so, um, and so each child will, you know, that box will be about 15 US dollars worth of goods and we, we plan to have it really stocked with really nice stuff. I know we've started buying stuff already. So we've had to assign a room in the children's building just to start stocking the stuff. So, um, so it'll be a, a good thing. But thank you for participating that. That is, I know it's not the Christmas season right now, but it's time because it's a big goal. Um, and so thank you if you are participating in that. And if you're not, that's fine. You know, if you feel led to, that's totally, totally up to you. You know, um, there's this, this passage of scripture um, in Luke 6, and it says, and many of you have heard it um, preached in times like this. Luke 6 verse 38, give and it'll be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over will be poured into your lap. For the, with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, how many of you have heard that scripture during offering time? You've heard that, right? Well, you know that's got nothing to do with money. <laughs> that, that scripture has absolutely nothing to do with money. It, in, in verse 37, it says, Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. And I'm sorry, give, and you will be, it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. This passage of Scripture is talking about judgment, condemnation, and forgiveness. Forgiven, you will be forgiven. It's got to do with how we respond to people. How we, if we live a life of condemning others, if we live a life of judging others, if we live a life of unforgiveness towards people, we get a good amount of that back if we hold unforgiveness against the person that we think we should not forgive we get unforgiveness back in spades if we hand out condemnation because we don't like Fauci or somebody in the government and you want to condemn them guess what's coming back your way listen just so that you know we've got the ro no right to condemn anybody we who are recipients of grace and mercy of God are totally dependent on his love, grace, and mercy. We've never done one thing to deserve God's goodness, grace, love, mercy, and forgiveness. We have done not one thing. Lest we start judging sinners, right? So, so I, that is absolutely what I did not want to say. But nonetheless, but I apologize. <laughs> But, but you know what's, what is powerful, though, is 
there, there is a number of, of truths, and, and we know that even though that scripture isn't speaking about money, um, money is a big deal. And, um, and Jesus spoke a lot about money, believe it or not. Yes, he did. And, and money is a big deal because it's connected to our hearts. It, it is connected to our hearts. And, and in fact, listen to this scripture, Jesus talking. So it's in red letters, right? If you've got a red letter edition. If you've not been faithful in unrighteous wealth, who will entrust you with true riches? Jesus says, listen, guys, if I can't even trust you with money, then I can't trust you with the real riches. So one, money is not real riches. Money is not real riches in Jesus' eyes. That is, just, that is just an indicator of where our hearts live. And it, so faithfulness to God, when we're faithful, in fact, Jesus said, you shouldn't do, you know, Corin and I come from a culture where we didn't get tax-exempt status. We come from a country which didn't care if you give to a church or to anything. They didn't give you tax exemption for anything. So it was very different for us to come to a country that said, oh, you, you, we only give to the church if you get a tax-exempt certificate. They're like, what? You only give if that's what you, you get back from the, from the tax man? So it was very strange to us. Jesus said, listen, if you give... You, you do it in the sly. You do it on the, on, the, on the DL. You don't do it so that anybody can check out what you give. I don't care what you give. I, I, I don't care what you give. I don't go and check the books. I have other people check the books. We have Jen on staff. She makes sure we're solvent. <laughs> I, I don't care. But you know, but, but if you don't understand the principle of the heart that Jesus is talking about here, that's why in that parable of the, of the rich man who thought he was living such a fantastic life, and Jesus could perceive and said, mm, one thing you still have, remember, and he said, he put his finger on the button. He said, yeah, why don't you go and sell if you have? Because Jesus knew something else had his heart. And, and Jesus has that tendency. And it doesn't matter what it is. But, but he doesn't, it's, you know that God is, the Bible tells us he's a jealous God. In other words, he doesn't tolerate, if you call him Lord, he wants to be it. He's a lover. I mean, that's like being married and dating somebody else. You know, well, no, Jesus is like, listen, if you want to sell out, you sell out to me. We don't, you don't, you don't play Jesus on the side. Like, and, and so what he's doing, what he's doing of in all of these things, he's just pointing it back to the level of the heart. What's in your heart? What are you doing with your heart? So, so, you know, you know, we, this is, we don't, we don't manipulate money in this church. I know that money is a big deal in the kingdom because it gets stuff done and we can turn money into certain things. But, but there is, it's, that is totally up to you. Jesus said when he saw, you know, it's like the woman with two pennies, right? She gave everything. She gave more in God's eyes because she gave everything. I heard somebody say, it's not how much you give, it's how much you keep. God checks how much you keep. She kept nothing. She loaded elder. But you see, we get so attached to, so the question, I guess, is you've always got to ask yourself is, where is, where is money? Is money still, am I running after money? Is money leading me? Or do I, do you know, Jesus said you can't serve two. You either serve mammon, right? Or you serve the Lord. You don't, you can't have both. 
It's one or the other. And so um, I just want to challenge you with that thought. I, I, don't, I know we don't often teach on money, but I just wanted to take a couple of minutes to, sh- to, to, to share that. However you give, I thank you for your generosity. Thank you for sowing into us. Thank you for sowing into this ministry. Um, and for, for I know that God wants it. You know, I think that someday, you know, we've, we started a Grow for Green campaign. And um, we, we, we're going to be talking about a couple of our, these things um, today. But, but I just thank you for sowing into what we want. We've got, we've got places to go and things to do. Amen. We've got, we've got a kingdom purpose to play. And it's going to take you. It's going to take, it's going to, I mean, I don't know how many of you want to be blessed. Do any of you want to be a financial tr- channel that God wants to, you, when you use, you want to be at that? And God can you, if you, if that's what you want to be doing. I mean, not everybody is that, quite honestly. Not everybody is a financial, other people have done. But if that's what God has laid on to you, then God will use you because I can tell you, I know what God has spoken into my heart, where we're going to go. And, and he will use you if you will let him be used. Amen. Amen. So thank you, Father, for what you've given us, Lord. We know we don't give out of lack, but Father, we give out of we get out of a connection to who you and what you who you are and what you've given us. We thank you for living in this phenomenal, awesome country um, that we can that that we're blessed to live in. And Father, thank you, um, thank you that every need is met in the name of Jesus. That you are the one that provides seed to the sower and bread for food. In Jesus' name, Amen, Amen. Um, my wife is joining me here on stage. She has got a special message on her, on her heart. So, but before we get into this, I do want to give us one other thing. We've got a video that we'd like to show you. For married couples and everyone else. Do we have God? Thank you. Hi, we're Drs. Bob. Hi, we're Drs. Bob and Audrey Meissner. And we can't wait to see you at the marriage event in Lake Haven this September 17th to the 19th. Yeah, we're so excited. This is going to be the perfect time to invest in life-changing wisdom. We understand the last thing you need is another wisdom mm-hmm. thing to do. So what we're going to do is make this weekend about heart change and effortless transformation. We've designed our time together for you to uncover triggers, buttons that can trip you up. When you're able to navigate your differences, yeah. you're able to make great decisions that set you up for the best future. Yeah, our topics include being irresistible to each other, connecting at a heart level, and nurturing the kind of marriage where your home is that safe haven. Mm-hmm. We're just dreams to realize you can laugh and be at peace like never before. Please, please make the investment. Yes. If you're willing and ready to be a gift to those around you, you're going to love our time together. And I think you're going to just fall in love all over again. Why not? Schedule your calendars now. God's yes. faithful is love powerful and nothing is impossible for you. See you soon. Can't wait to see you in Amen. Amen. Yes. That is happening this coming weekend. Believe it, it's already here. September 17th is already here. But I just want to say, you know, this is powerful. This weekend is absolutely life-changingly powerful. I, if, if, you've, if you've got a booking to go and see the president, cancel it. Because this weekend is more important by far. Um, it, you know, Bob and Audrey are, are, are a phenomenal couple. They are really a power couple. We felt in our hearts that we wanted to invest in our church marriages 
and, um, and that's what we're doing. We're flying them out from Arizona. They have had a TV program for decades in, ca in Canada. They produce it. Um, it's, it's airs in Canada. They, they have got a phenomenal ministry to, to couples. Corin and I have experienced them. Some of you have, they've been here many years ago. Um, and heard some of the incredible testimony, but life-changing material. I tell you, I've, Karen and I love going on marriage retreats and investing in our marriage, but I tell you, this couple has got material that, like she says, investing in heart change, true change, is, is, is their skill, is their skill set, and it'll be fun too, and it's only... And, and that's why I say married couples and everyone else, because the two days, the Friday and the Saturday... Friday night only. Friday night and Saturday morning are for couples, married couples. Um, but Sunday morning, they'll be ministering here at church, and Sunday evening, we are going to have Bob and Audrey free for all. So this is for you who say, but I'm not married. I, and why do, why do they always do stuff for just married couples? Well, there's some stuff married couples need yeah. that single people don't need, but you have your opportunity. So save Sunday night, the 19th of September. We're going to have a time of fellowship and hanging out with Bob and Audrey, and it is literally free-for-all. In other words, bring your questions, come and ask. It's yeah. going to be fun. Um, yeah. Audrey is one of these bouncing-off-the-wall kind of people. Um, Bob has to kind of be her kite a little bit, bring her back. and you know, she, she's, she's, Do you guys remember Janice? Some of you remember Janice. Audrey and Janice are probably sisters, but not from the same state. <laughs> so, so you will love Bob and Audrey Meisner. They are a phenomenal yeah. couple, and we are very excited that they're going to be here with us this coming Yeah, week. absolutely. It's going to be phenomenal. So you do have to register. It's 100% free. We're not charging anything to come to it. And this is open to more than just Lake Haven. If you know friends and family or colleagues at work, they are welcome to attend. They are welcome to attend, but they must register. We need a plan for seating and et cetera, et cetera. So um, just register at the church website, lakehaven.tv, and, um, and you are free to come and to And I have that. had the question asked, is there child care available? If you do not have child care, if that's your reason you think you can't come, um, when you register, just mark that you need child care. Obviously, children sort of fifth grade and under, we're assuming that teenagers are good enough to take care of themselves. So if you need child care, please mark that on your registration and we will make sure that you can get your kids taken care of in a safe yeah, environment so that you cannot have an excuse to not come. Yeah. All good? This is awesome. Awesome. So awesome. we're grateful for them coming. It's going to be a fun weekend. Awesome. Praise oh. God. Hallelujah. Yeah, I'm excited today. This is, um, this is a message that God's been building in my heart for a little while. And, and at the end of July, we got an opportunity to go to Colorado um, to go to Andrew Womack's ministry. We're part of the Association of Related Ministries, and it was confirmed through one of the messages that uh, Carrie Pickett and Mike Pickett, if you know any of Andrew Womack's ministry, Karis Bible College, you'll know Carrie and Mike Pickett. Um, they shared something that was so in line with what God had been dealing with me on that I was like, we have got to set a date because this is something we have got to share. We have got to share this. Absolutely. So I'm excited. And, and um, if you walked in here and you didn't know today was party day, it, today is a party day. So you came on the right day. If you're on a diet, I'm sorry. I, I don't think we got any carb-free, fat-free anything today. So I'm sorry. Okay, so, so today um, the sermon title is Celebrate. And... Uh, I've specifically wanted to do it today for a couple of reasons. 
Who knows what was yesterday? What date? You know, certain dates hold more significance for us than others. Your birthday is way more important to you than it is to me. I mean, not because I don't love you, but because on that day, you are excited for presents and calls and texts and Facebook messages, and right? So in other words, one day is more important to you than it is to me. Hopefully, we are most equally excited about our anniversaries, right? It's 20 years. I think he knows that. But. So, yes, 9-11 yesterday. We all, who uh, have more numbers in our ages, remember where we were that day. You remember who was with you. You remember, I mean, you remember it, right? Raise your hand if you remember where you were the morning of 9-11. Okay, and our kids this morning, yesterday morning, they said to me, do you remember where you were? Because they, of course, weren't even born yet. It was the afternoon in South Africa. We remember where we were. I know exactly where we were. It was afternoon in South Africa. I had just fired my boss. That's right. You kicked him out of the house. Yep. <laughs> he had come to come and take over my house, and I said, mm -mm, nope. Take your stuff. Take your products. Take your phone lines. I don't do business this way. And fired my boss. And my son said to me, can you do that? Can you fire your boss? like I did, fired my boss. He walked out the door with all his product and we uh, collapsed on the couch in celebration and turned the TV on and watched what was unfolding on, on the news that day. So I wanna, I wanna pull up that image if you would, Christy, the one that says other. So yes, September 11th, everybody remembers two, two, 20 years ago, 2001. And um, September 11th is held a huge part in a lot of people's lives. Every one of us was shocked. Every one of us had a wake-up call and a revelation because of the events of that day. Um, I want to fast forward because September 11th wasn't just one, one day. There's other September 11ths that have come and gone. If you uh, remember a couple years later, we had another September 11th pretty big deal. It was done on the anniversary of September 11th. Have you ever heard of somebody kicking somebody when they're down? All right. Thank God, as far as I know of, there was nothing major that happened yesterday. I do not know what happens in intelligence communities on days like yesterday. Because you know that people like to take advantage of people's... Um, sore spots and weaknesses, right? So let's, hold on, Karen. You said today's going to be celebrating. Here we're talking about stuff that's not fun at all to be talking about, right? Okay, so let's get on track. What other September 11th? Let's take a look here. Other things that happened in September, on September 11th. Did you know in 1297 AD, William Wallace defeated the English forces? Braveheart. Who remembers Braveheart? I mean, not like personally, but none of us should remember him personally, but hey, in uh, 1941, builders break ground at the Pentagon. I would have thought it was way older than that, but that's, that's me. I'm, I'm way younger than that, so. Uh, next one, 1962, the Beatles record Love Me Do. 
I just thought it was funny. In 1985, Major League Baseball player Pete Rose breaks the all-time hits record, 4,192 hits. So for these folk, September the 11th had a significant meaning, something that they were actually probably prepared to celebrate, right? So again, some days mean more to us than others. Your birthday, your anniversary, if you know the day that you got saved, I don't remember the exact date that I gave my life to the Lord. My dad knew to the minute, because I don't know, maybe he was just more detail-oriented than I was. Do you know what day you got saved? No, but I do remember the day I recommitted my, my heart to the Lord as a, when I was a teenager. That yeah. day that I kept. There you go. Yeah. How many of you guys have calendars and dates where you've written down things on what God has done in your life? I know Tracy, Tracy, is, uh, Tracy shared some of her timelines with, with me. In fact, you did a, a, a class on that. Super Saturday, right? We're going to do it again, I'm sure. Very cool. So um, let's talk about celebrations. Um, why did we choose this day here to have this celebration at church? Well, I'll tell you about September the 11th, uh, five years ago. Chrissy, will you pull that up? That is a picture of Shannon and I when we were younger. I don't think we've aged quite as much as our kids have. You can see Danielle and Ethan in the bottom of the pictures there. Danielle is... Um, eight in that picture and Ethan is seven in that picture. So they were baptized by their own choice. They wanted to get baptized. That day also happened to be the very first day that Shannon um, took over as the lead pastor here at Lake Haven five years ago. So it is our anniversary kind of. So that was one of the reasons we wanted to pick this day. And another reason we wanted to do it in the month of September is because 35 years ago, this church body was established. Uh, is Dr. Dave in the house? Yes. There he is. Dr. Dave was on the very first, he was one of the board members since the inception 35 years ago. So that, that church is, thank you, Dr. Dave, for 35 years of faithful board service. So we want to celebrate some good things because... You can have lots of dates that um, stick out in good and bad ways, but there are things that are worth celebrating. And I'm excited for, for a couple things. We know that we're going to face good stuff and bad stuff. What does the Bible say when we face trials yeah. and tribulations? Yeah. Well, Jesus said you will have trouble, right? But take heart. I've overcome the world. That's good. <laughs> I like to be on his side. Absolutely. Because he has overcome. That's right. Yeah, no, there's some people that feel like, ah, you know, if you're doing everything right, you shouldn't have trouble. Jesus said you will. We will have trouble. Lots of people. There's, there's, in fact, I was reading about the, the, Jesus' letter to, this, to the church in Smyrna. Just, I've been studying that recently. And he told them, buckle up, buttercup. You've got some tough times coming up. And, um, and they did, man. I, I don't think I would enjoy getting a letter from Jesus that way. Yeah, you guys are going to be persecuted, but don't worry. After you're dead, you're going to be with me. Like, whoa, cool. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> That's what the Bible says, right? We, we Count it all joy. Count it all joy. 
we are going to have tough times. I think about um, Paul and Silas. They were in jail. How many of you? Okay, never mind. <laughs> Don't go there. Don't go there. Okay, but you know where I was going, right? So anyway, how many of you, when you're in jail, would be like, I think we should sing some worship songs. Let's just praise God while we're in jail. And you know what that difference made in their world? Absolutely. And in their testimony to the jailer who was about to commit suicide because he had failed yeah. at his job. His life was spared because somebody was celebrating when they could have been moaning. Yeah, the whole, his whole family got saved that night. Exactly. Um, you know, I'm not a very sentimental person. Like when you come to my house, I don't have pictures up everywhere. In fact, if it wasn't for my grandparents, who I do remember fondly, who put together a collage of our wedding pictures um, from uh, 20 years ago, if they hadn't done that and given it to us, actually what was really sweet about that was they gave it to us with money in each of the picture frame slots. And behind that was all our wedding pictures. So we had wedding pictures and money. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so that was, that was their, I think it was our first year anniversary gift. I don't remember exactly when it was. But those pictures are about the only pictures of us that are up and around in our house. Because we're just not the kind of people who typically go through and reminisce and now I understand some people are maybe you're a I've got a friend who is a scrapbooker and she's got a scrapbook for everything I've got boxes of photos that I've never looked at again you know and since we don't use those kinds of cameras anymore now I've got files and files and digital files coming out many drives that don't I'm not doing anything with them right so memories are, are as we get older more and more We've got more and more of them. Anybody got a storage issue at your house? And I, no criticism. We just, this is, as we accumulate memories and other things, we run into, I don't even know where it is anymore. I don't even know where to find certain things anymore. Lori's laughing because she comes and helps my house sometimes. And <laughs> 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 no, but does that not apply to you? Have you got so many memories that you don't remember them all anymore? Which ones do you remember? Is it the big ones? Sometimes it's the painful ones. Sometimes it's the most exciting ones. Hopefully you have um, the ability to remember some of the good ones, right? We had uh, a couple people say, I don't remember anything about my wedding night I was too drunk well as long as you still married at the end of that I mean right now I understand that there is there is trauma and there's response to trauma there's trauma responses in people that certain um, they don't have the ability to control what what they remember and how it comes back to them and it is of both emotionally and physiologically um, difficult thing for them to deal with. But I want to speak to your ability to remember and what you choose to remember. Because if you choose to relive and rehearse on purpose those painful things in your life so that you can keep playing the victim and keep 
having an excuse for why you aren't good enough, you're robbing yourself. You're robbing yourself of what God wants to do in your life. And I, I am talking about willfully meditating on and rehearsing and remembering all the junk. Have you and I made mistakes? Yes. Is God's grace bigger than my mistakes? Oh, yes. yes. Is he bigger than your mistakes? Yes. So why don't we let God be God and put those mistakes where he put them and let them stay at the foot of the cross. Amen. Amen. Mercy is a good thing. Amen. God's ability to treat you better than you deserve, right? God's mercies are new every morning. Man, I tell you what, as we were singing this morning too, man, it's so good. When you, you know, yeah, I could go off there. I don't think I should go off topic. I know. I told, I told Shannon, we're going to try and keep this under an hour because we still got cake and ice cream to serve. So, um, so the difference between memories and memorials. So memories obviously are something that are typically stored you know, they're, they're not necessarily out everywhere, but a memorial is something that is intended to remind you. In other words, a wedding ring is a memorial. It's also a sign of a covenant, but hopefully a wedding ring reminds you that you're married, if you ever choose to question that, right? Um, other things that are memorials in your life. If you've ever visited a graveyard, there's gravestones with head um, grave markers. Those are memorials to those people yeah. that that are buried there. Same thing if there's urns and and uh, so so there's memorials that we have that are just everyday memorials in our lives. And there's nothing wrong with a memorial. The Bible talks through many many occasions where God instructs them to actually build an altar or set up a stack of stones for lack of to to remember what happened here right. but we don't worship memorials yeah, i was about to say we don't turn a memorial into a shrine and there's a big difference shrines are where people ultimately start the, it, it becomes an anchor into the past it becomes an emotional anchor and people um you know can get really get you know, really sidetracked with stuff like that. Mm. And um, so you can't have a, a shrine. I know, but, but a memorial is a powerful tool. Um, I know that in, because, you know, there's this saying that comes through in different ways, but if you, if you don't learn from history, you're doomed to repeat it, right? Mm. I've heard another teacher, when I was doing some studying on, in church history, I heard a teacher say, say something to that effect. You know, the one thing we learn from history is that we never learn from history, generally speaking. And, and it's, there, it's, it's sad, but memorials help us learn from history if we're willing to take the time. Uh, and I'm not talking about you know, going just to the museum and checking out the dinosaurs. But for example, when you go to Israel, um, I don't know how many of you may have gone to Israel, but if you go to the outskirts of Mon Jerusalem, and there's a couple, there's one in the old city, there's one in the new city, but there's a memorial called Yad Vashem. Um, that's the Hebrew for Yad is a hand. It's actually how you get the word Yada from and knowing, but it's hand. And Shem is the word name. So hand and name is the name of the museum in, in Israel. And it's a powerful, powerful walkthrough of the Holocaust. And it's it's... It's a, it's a powerful reminder of the Holocaust. Now, I've been, I've been to that thing, but I've also been to some of the Holocaust literate camps in Poland. And, um, 
uh, concentration camps here. And, um, but those are incredible because to me, I think everybody in the world should go to one of those. Because it's moving, yes, but because it teaches you something that it is shocking to see where human nature can go. You know, there, it is shocking. To, it, it, it starkly reminds of what human beings are capable of doing, um, lest we forget, right? Yeah. Um, I want to read here. So 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 12. Samuel, then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shen and called its name Ebenezer. For he said, till now the Lord has helped us. He set up a stone, a memorial, with a name, essentially, and a meaning. So it wasn't just, oh, I'm just going to build a pile of stones here. There was a very specific reason that he put a stone where he put it. To remember, up to this point, God has helped us. Uh, Joshua, chapter 4, verse 4 through 7 then Joshua called the 12 men from the people of Israel, whom he had appointed, a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord of your God in the midst of the Jordan, and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of tribes of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come, what do those stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. You know what? There's something about memorials. If your kids don't know what they mean, they may as well be your gravestone, right? If they're not passed on, if your kids don't understand, if the people around you don't know what the memorial is that you are celebrating or having, it's nothing more than a ritual. It's nothing more than a garden gnome. It needs, to, the meaning needs to be passed on. Yeah. You know, um, physical things shouldn't become idols to us. So it's not that I want a gravestone or a pile of rocks or a, a sign on the wall or a plaque on a... Those things shouldn't become idols to us. But they should be, oh yes, I remember. I remember, I remember. And now the question is, what is worth remembering? Yes. What is worth remembering? Am I going to enshrine my pain and my failure? Because that is not worth remembering. You know that when I put that at Jesus' feet, he doesn't remember it anymore. He has removed that yes. as far as the east is from the west. So should I be remembering that? Right. We don't. Absolutely. I mean, that's one of the reasons we go into, I know we're going to talk about this, but one of the reasons we do communion, it's a memorial. You know, we, one of, most people that struggle with forgiving others have never forgiven themselves because they've not connected to what Jesus, the finished work of the cross or Jesus accomplished through his death, burial and resurrection to understand and grasp the fact that we have been forgiven past tense, that, that the price has past tense been paid for your sin. 
mean, to, to these, it is such a power, but to, to personalize that, it's one thing to play with that thought in, our, in your head and to say, yeah, yeah, I know that. But when you connect personally to the, my sin has been forgiven. It's, a, it's an incredible truth that we have to lay hold of. And that's what communion is, essentially, or when we're breaking the bread. It is a remembrance of what Jesus has done for you. And, and that should be a time of absolute celebration. And that's why we do. When we do communion, we will be doing one in a few weeks here again. We, we are, it, it's, it's laying hold of that remembrance, laying hold of that truth yeah. about how how forgiven you are when you when you know how forgiven you are that's why jesus even told that whole story about the guy that owed so much and 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 was forgiven this insurmountable debt and then and then by by uh, the king or whoever and then then he he gets released from this massive unpayable debt of billions of dollars and then some guy owes him 25 bucks and he has him thrown into jail and jesus equates that with personalizing our forgiveness. When you hold forgiveness against somebody, you're doing the same thing. You and I who have been given, forgiven an insurmountable debt, wiped clean, never, there, in fact, the whole slate has been taken away from you. Do you know that there is no more slate for you to be written up against? And when you understand and personalize how phenomenal the forgiveness is, when that becomes so personal, it, it, when you lay hold of that forgiveness for you, that memorial marker, and, and you, you, you bring that into remembrance, it is the one part that you lay hold of um, that empowers you to forgive other people. Because you're like, wow, if I've been forgiven so much, what is 25 bucks? What is 25 bucks? And you can take it to, and I'm not talking about literal. It could be anything in your life. It can be, it can be an, a massive hardship, a, 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 um, hardship, a massive uh, offense. Thank you, the, the offense that you that has been done against you. If you have been connected to the forgiveness of God, then all you've got that empowers you to to be able to walk in that forgiveness. Amen. You know, so it's not just physical memorials. Um, I want to, you know, obviously in, in the Old Covenant, God established feasts for the Jewish people specific to different things that he wanted them to remember. And uh, we've spoken about this often. We don't ignore the feasts. We don't pretend that they don't exist. But that scripture that specifically tells us we are not bound to them. We're not bound to the, the uh, obligations that the Jewish people were in that covenant. Is it good to know what God did? That's exactly why he gave them the feasts. He gave them the feasts so that they would be able to see his character and his deliverance the whole way through their journey. And it wasn't just a one-time thing. It was every year, over and over. And there's a rhythm to celebration that you've got a daily rhythm every single morning. Thank you, Father. Your mercies are new every morning. You have given me a new day. I have got your strength. I've got your favor. I walk in your love and your peace. That's every day. In fact, that's every moment. Because sometimes on the second moment, I didn't quite do what God would probably have preferred me to do. I chose my way instead of his way. His mercies are new every single moment. There are rhythms to 
weekly rest when God said, make a day that you commit to resting, it was for our benefit. It was to remember him. It was to make a, a priority regularly of worship. But you know what? We forget that in certain times and places, people went to the temple every day. What? Now, some people do come to church building every day. I'm not talking like T said. This is just the building. Yeah. We are the church. Right. So you don't go to church. You are the church. When you leave, you take the church with you. You go and grow the church outside the walls. We just happen to congregate here on a Sunday morning, Wednesday night, whenever. Not because that's what we do, but because there's a purpose behind it. That's why I despise the word sanctuary. <laughs> you get you know, one of my hobby horses, right? We changed this to be called the auditorium. Yeah. There's, nothing, there's nothing sanctuary about this. This is not a holy room. This is not an altar. I don't know if you've seen any bulls or us killing anything up here. But we don't kill anything. There's no blood up here. It's not an altar. This is <laughs> the sanctuary. This is yeah. the altar. Mm. This is where God resides. Yeah. That is an ever-present presence. You do not get to leave the presence of God. You get to ignore the presence of God if you choose to, but I wouldn't if I were you, because why, right? So um, I want to read this quick one just about the timing. Uh, Esther uh, chapter 9, verse 27 and 28. The Jews firmly obligated themselves, note there, and their offspring who all joined them, that without fail they would keep these two days according to what was written at the time appointed every year, that these days should be remembered and kept throughout every generation in every clan, province, and city, that these days of Purim should never fall into disuse among the Jews, nor should the commemoration of these days cease amongst their descendants. Interesting, that particular one was not God-given. That was something that the people decided can I raise Christmas without getting executed? Somebody decided December 25th is the day. But the truth of the matter is I can celebrate Jesus' birth every single day. I don't have to wait till just one day. And I don't have to get so defensive about December the 25th that if it happens to be a Sunday, well, we're not going to church. We're opening prisons. Okay, it's okay. You know, some people get religious about it's that day, it's got to be this way. We get religious about the ritual instead of the reason. Yeah. We've got to focus. The memorial is not about the memorial. It's about the motivation. What happened that makes this thing worth remembering? You so know, if you go back into Scripture, of course, you know, if we're people, and you've you know, been talking recently, if you're a believer or whether you're a traditional cultural Christian, do you know that there's nowhere in Scripture that we're told to celebrate Easter or Christmas? Just to shock you a little bit. Not, it's not, not in the Bible. Jesus never said celebrate Easter. No, we celebrate the day before he, cruci he crucified, he gave us the, the, the remembrance of of, uh, of doing communion, you know, or breaking of bread. That's what we remember. But there is, but you see, again, our traditions, as you've heard me say last week and the week before, have made the word of God to no effect. 
And so it's very easy if we try and religiousize something and, and try and turn it into something spiritual. It was never even, it's not even, you can't find it in the New Testament. Go and read. Not even in the Old Testament. Nothing about Jesus' birth. It said, celebrate Jesus' birth. Well, now people do it. And if you want to, sure. But that's, that's up to you. It's, I mean, they reckon he was actually born this month. Most historians think because they wouldn't have had shepherds out in the field in December when it's snowing. So it would have been roughly about September. Uh, your birth, birthday. Shannon's birthday is the 25th of September. Whoa. Yes. He's going to be 21 again. Yay. <laughs> Thanks, Tracy. <laughs> Thank you. So maybe you and Jesus share a birthday. <laughs> but you know what I'm just saying? I'm just saying, listen, if we want to get real, right, and that's what I want to get, authentic. Do we want to play cultural Christianity? Do you want to play cultural Christianity? Or do you want an authentic Jesus truth Holy Spirit-based relationship with God that is radically transform your life. Because that's what it's about. Playing church is sickening to me. I'm sorry. Amen. I agree. Um, I want to touch on something else that could be a sensitive topic. If you walked in today, you would have noticed that we've got rainbow-colored decorations everywhere. And in today's culture, there is an understanding that the rainbow means something different than what God intended it to mean. And I am on a personal quest to reclaim the rainbow. Because the rainbow does not belong to a set of people who have distorted what God, who created A, people, and B, the rainbow, to, to celebrate. When, when God put the rainbow in the sky, it was his sign of the promise that he was not going to destroy the earth with, with water. And if you take a look, in, in I don't think I've got it on the list here, but in Isaiah 54, 53, 54, he talks about these are as the days of Noah unto me. I have sworn that I will not be wroth with you. He will not be angry with you. And that is immediately following the, the, the story of the crucifixion. In other words, where Jesus took on our iniquity. He bore our iniquity. He, by his stripes, we were healed. That was the sufficient, finished work that made Isaiah say, I will no longer be angry with you. I will no longer be wroth with you. Should I say, he spoke for God, saying, I will no longer be wroth with you. I will no longer be angry with you. When you see the rainbow today, you can be assured that every promise is yes and amen. That song we sang today, you know, First Corinthians, uh, no, Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 says, every promise is yes and amen in him. And sometimes we just don't know what every promise is. Right. Yeah. And then we start disqualifying ourselves because I don't know all the promises. Yeah. Well, guess what? Have you ever opened a birthday present? Did you know what was in it before you opened it? Well, sometimes. <laughs> I know my kids are at that age right now where they're like, just give me money. I don't want anything else, then I'll, I'll choose my own. But we have... We have a gift here today that we're going to unpack. I'm going to ask my husband to start unpacking this gift. Before, before you unpack it, before you open it, though, 
You can open it like this. S don't peek. Don't peek. That's why I put it this way, so that nobody could peek. I see that camera's looking down from on high over there, trying to peek in the box. This is our gift of salvation. It is a gift, because we could not earn it. There is nothing that we could do to earn it. We have to receive the gift. And this is what happens sometimes, is that we receive this gift, and it sits on our front porch, like Amazon's delivery, and it never gets opened. Anybody had any of those? Just me. <laughs> I was away for a couple days and found some boxes on my porch, fortunately, before anyone else decided to take them. How many times have you gotten a gift that you have not opened? Okay. So I want to take out one of these um, gifts here and take a look at this. So let's take out this first one over here. What do we have in there, Shannon? Silence. <laughs> the sound note. Redemption. Redemption. This is one of, but not only, what's in the salvation package. So I want to look at the scripture here for redemption. If you would pull this up with me over here. First uh, Peter 1, verse 18. First Peter 1, verse 18. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct, received by tradition from your, from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. You received redemption. In other words... You didn't earn being blemish, unblemished and spotless. You didn't have to work for it. You can't even keep it. In other words, your effort didn't make you and can't keep you blameless and spotless. It is part of the gift of salvation. Lest you think, I began in faith, but now I've got to work for it. That is not how grace by faith works. Let's pull out the next one, Shan. Have you ever had one of those parcels where you thought you were at the bottom of the thing and then you found out there was more at the bottom? Restoration. Restoration. Romans 5, verse 10 and 11 says this. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice, celebrate. In our new, wonderful new relationship with God, because Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends with God. Other translations use the word reconcile there, which Shannon is one of favorite one of Shannon's favorites. He talks about the the katalas or the the exchange, where it was one thing, and now it's not that anymore. We were broken, we've been made whole. We were empty, we've been filled up. We were poor, we've been made rich. What was missing has been restored. So any of those things, when you feel like broken, less than, not good enough, incomplete, dissatisfied, go back to your present, your gift, and unpack that with Jesus. Because there is more for you than just a, aha, uh -huh, one time, that was it, you're done. 
No, this is a forever gift, not a one-time gift, right? Amen. Let's keep going. Okay, what do we have next? Ooh, I like this one. What is that? <laughs> Healing. Healing. First Peter 2, chapter 24. I think I kind of referenced this earlier because this is him, this is being quoted from that Isaiah uh, chapter. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. Amen. Done deal. Yeah. Yeah. Done deal. Right. If we could get our hearts persuaded, can you imagine the freedom that we would be walking in? Have you been healed before? Who's got a testimony of healing? Okay. You know it's real. You know it's not you. You know it's God. Has God changed? Is anything too big for him? No. So, take out your present. Your, your, you got to have this as a present reality. It's got to be real to you today. And if you haven't been using the gifts that God gave you, the presents, sometimes we need to unpack the present, find out because there's too much of this stuff in it. We don't know what else is in there. I'll be like Ethan. Ooh, protection. 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 Let's go to 2 Thessalonians 3.3. But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. Mm. Hallelujah. He is faithful. Yes. Even when I am faithless. Yeah. He is the overcomer, and I get to agree with him, be on his side. Let's pull up this last one. This is one of my favorites. The last one here. Freedom. Freedom. It's the F word in church. No. Oh. oh, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. It's a great. I one. thought fun was the F word in hey? church. Fun? I thought fun. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah. Freedom. Yeah. Romans chapter six, verse eighteen. In the Passion, it says this: Now you celebrate your freedom from your former master, sin. You've left its bondage, and now God's perfect righteousness holds power over you as His loving servants. You know, what I failed to recognize at some points in my life was that I wasn't free to sin by His grace. I was free from sin by His grace. Mm. Right. Sin is the liar, the deception, the trap, the one who pays death. You're right. But God, in His grace, has extended the ability for us to get free from sin. So we receive that gift of freedom just the same way that we receive salvation. That's right. You know, you may be asking, where do these, why do you pick these random set of words, put them in this gift? Yeah. This is, um, this is salvation as the Bible talks about it, sozo or soteria. Yeah. And if you look at the Greek definition, it's got those words as its definition. That is what salvation means. Right. It doesn't mean ticket to heaven. Right. It also means ticket to heaven. 
But those are the things that are our present reality. Right. They need to be our everyday present reality. And if you're not experiencing them, maybe you just need to pull out a little bit more tissue paper and go and spend some time digging right. in this box and making sure that you got everything that was given to you. Yeah. He's not holding back. Yeah. He is not holding back from you. You know, there, there is such a, a powerful truth. And um, I'm so glad that you guys are here because I know I've probably chased people away every now and again. And, and I don't mean to, but I, I really do desperately want to experience authentic Jesus Christianity. And I know that you guys who stick around want the same, <laughs> same thing. <laughs> but but the, the truth is that Corinth says, you know, um, Ephesians, we, when we give lip service to these concepts, you know what I mean by lip service? When we just throw these words in religious terminology and cultural experience and we don't possess them, you know, uh, you know I know that Psalm 103 says that God forgives our sin and heals all our diseases. Now, if we don't lay hold of some of the truths that we've been teaching over some of the years, and I'm going to talk frankly here, but do you, we, we have to analyze and understand how we lay hold of them. And, and we will get into that in a, in a couple of weeks' time. We'll start packing out the house because, because what, what people do is they say, oh, yeah, I'm saved. Praise God. And then they basically take a sit, a sit back and they like, well, I don't know why I'm not. I, I guess God doesn't really want me healed because I am saved. And here, Corinne just said, you know, it's soteria that it means healing. Why, why doesn't the healing just come on me? Why do I even get sick? Well, that's a good question. Why, why does it feel like the evil one is attacking me? Well, that's a whole other topic that we haven't even been able to get to. And I can't wait to get into some spiritual warfare stuff one day. But I will make a lot of people mad. I can tell you what, man. I don't know. It's like sometimes, sometimes you start talking about the devil and some, it's like you're speaking about somebody's family or something. I don't know what it is. It's, but, but when, we, when we talk, and, and, I, and I'm not going to, but I tell you what, there, there are truths that have been given to us, and, but we've got to understand that, let me just ask you frankly, does God want the world to be saved? Is the world saved? Does everybody go to heaven? Why not? You see, it, it says here, it, it's exactly, it's their choice. Because Ephesians 2 says, for by grace have you been saved through faith. And this not of your own doing, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared before that we should walk in him. We are saved by grace through faith. Grace is what Jesus has done. And you heard me give inclination talk about faith is looking back to what he has done grace through faith faith is how we lay hold of these things these gifts all of them by grace are we saved through faith by grace are we healed through faith by grace do we have freedom through faith through faith by grace, do we experience redemption? Do we experience healing through faith? 
But you see, if we don't even give God the time of day and we, just, we don't unpack some of these things, as Corin is saying, we unpack some of them and like, what does that mean to me? How do I lay hold of them? That should be a question. And we will. We'll deal with these things. But it is practical because I tell you, you can say all day long, yes, that's my gift. And it is. It is by grace. Grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace is unmerited favor. All of those things are true. God has given, past tense, has given them to us. How do we lay hold of them? Through faith. By grace. Through faith. The same way you get saved. Listen to this. You know this in Romans, in Romans chapter 10. In, in Romans chapter 10, verse 8, it says this. Um, in, verse, in verse 9, it says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Soteria. You will be, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be protected, restored, healing, redeemed, freedom. Saved. You see, we, we, get, we, get, we get locked into an understanding, a cultural understanding of the word saved. And immediately we say, oh, in the sweet by and by, I'm going to go with Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? But that's not what he's saying. He's saying you will experience soteria if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe where? In your head? If you agree with your head? No, you believe in your heart. In your heart. In any case, that's a, that, that's a topic for another day. But you get the principle. It's by grace through faith that we experience all of these things that God has, by grace, given, past tense, to us. Amen. And there is so many scriptures to back that up, and we could, carry, we could study them for ages. <laughs> you know, the, so the, the Greek, the two words, soteria, is the uh, noun, and sozo is the verb, right? That way around. So I am not prepared to settle for a so so life anymore i want to have the so so life okay so if you're writing anything down kids are you gonna have a so so life or so so <laughs> or a so so life <laughs> what is your present reality i like the play on words there right um i want to read this scripture here quickly um two things when we talk about celebration, the world has taught us that celebration is a party. And they've redefined a lot of things. And they have said that celebration means getting drunk, getting high, doing whatever you want with whoever you want, whenever you want. That's not celebration. That's their expression of their hearts. You can celebrate, show love, have fellowship, enjoy good food, have fun, sing if you can't sing. Cover your ears if they can't sing. As Christians, we get this bad rep of we can't have fun. We can't celebrate like the world celebrates. Excuse me, we have a better thing to celebrate than what the world has to celebrate. Their standard of celebration robs them of life. Robs them of the ability to stay in control, 
make good choices, etc., etc. No condemnation for those of us who have miscelebrated or who have celebrated the wrong things. Have you ever celebrated when you saw the bad guy get it? feels justified. It feels like that's the right thing. But the truth of the matter is, ultimately, none of us deserve, like Shannon said, none of us deserve grace. None of us deserve goodness. We, we, don't, we don't cross that bar ever but for his grace. Talk about the pot calling the kettle black. What I should celebrate is when I can extend what God has given to me to the pot next door and save them from even by the, s the smell of the, what's it, the, the whiff of smoke? What is that scripture? I think it's um, Second Corinthians, but saving people by the very... Um, yeah, that's right, the smell of smoke. Yes, yes. Like they come through the fire, yeah. That is worth celebrating. Yeah. That is worth celebrating. You know, one day we're going to have a celebration in heaven that is unlike any celebration we've even planned here. I mean, we planned cupcakes and ice cream for today. You know what? In heaven, they're going, oh, shame. <laughs> well, you know, not, not all of us celebrate the same way. In fact, we were talking with Stacy. Where's Stacy? Which Stacy? The other Stacy. Stacy Eastman. Stacy, where is she? There she is. Back there. She's on the side. Oh, there. She's, she's not waving at me or anything. That's why. She's trying to not she's draw attention to, to, to herself. Sorry. But I was just saying beforehand, I was just like, you know, not all of us celebrate like by jumping. How many of you are jump on the bread kind of celebrators? You know, like, woohoo. Super expressive. You're super expressive that like when something, you get really good news, you want to run around and jump on the bed and get, not all of us are like that. I know. And we're not. In fact, Shannon yeah. and I both are. We're like demure. We're like, Yay. But we're actually excited. We just don't have the same bounce. And people will think, you guys aren't celebrating. Yes, I am. Yeah. I kid you not. If somebody gave me a check for $10 billion, I kid you not. If you had, were that rich and you said, hey, Shannon, here's a check for $10 billion. Let's change the world. I would say, cool. Thank you. Seriously. I kid you not. I don't run around and jump up and out. And, and it's not because if I did that, it feels weird to me. It's like... It feels fake. And you know what? I love it because I've got friends that are jump on the bed kind of friends that like go crazy. And I, it, it amuses me. I love it. I love being around people. Like they, they make me laugh. They make my heart smile. But I'm not one of those. You know? So thank God for people that are that way. But <laughs> I'm not one of them. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, <laughs> well, there's a bunch of people. I think there's a lot of people. I think you've got, you know, you're not celebrating unless you're jumping on the bed and going nuts, you know. I you know, um, I've been listening to this book that talks about small wins. Start with small wins, you know, like don't set yourself up with such a big goal that you're going to fail because you're never going to do anything then. But set yourself up for a small win and celebrate the small win. And um, a picture that came to mind, though, it's thinking about over-celebrating something like I, it's probably not the wisest thing for me to celebrate not eating a whole can of Pringles by eating a whole can of Skittles, right? <laughs> so in other words, don't miscelebrate your small wins, you know. So, so be aware and understand also that sometimes um, 
we try instead of celebrating, we try doing the, the same thing as celebrating to escape. Escaping is not the same as celebrating. And we've got to recognize when we're trying to escape versus celebrate. Because there are things that we're trying to escape from, so we make up a reason to have a party. Yeah. Because we're actually not experiencing God's abundant life in an area. So we try and distract ourselves right. with a celebration. Right. And I want us to be cognizant of the fact that it's possible to do that so that we stop doing that. Because all it does is delay dealing with yeah. the issues. Yeah, hope deferred makes the heart sick, mm -hmm. and when you and, and you can get really sick when you don't when you don't understand the difference, right. you know. And setting your hope, you see, your hope isn't in the set outcome. Your hope is in God, and He is unchanging, always faithful, always merciful, always loving. And each one of these redemptive truths that you can lay hold of can literally cause an emotional response in you when you realize them. When you, when you know the process of taking these truths and making them an emotional reality in you, then, then you, can, you can just set yourself, in, and that's what meditation essentially is, and we'll talk a little bit about that in, some, in a couple of weeks' time. But when you can, get when you can learn to meditate and, and realize a certain truth, it can bring an emotional response to you that will give you an emotional feeling that, that will please you. It will bring pleasure because you know that God has designed us to live in pleasure, right? You know that he did. Yeah. He just gave us God's way of doing it. Yeah. We're all designed to live in pleasure. It's when, it's when we try and choose to meet that outside of God that we get into sin. Yeah. Sin is a poor, poor, poor copy of trying to fulfill the desires that we have, that God-given desires that we get outside of his will. But I can tell you there is an absolute God way to fulfill whatever you think that you're looking for. It shouldn't be the proverbial carrot on a stick because that's all the world has. You remember the donkey, right? The carrot is always dancing in front of you, never able to satisfy you. And that's what the world does. The world has got the candy-coated poison pill. It'll never, ever, 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 ever satisfy you. But that's not the way God works. What he gives is true satisfaction and offers true abundant life that you can experience it if we will do it his way. Amen. 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 Before you go home today, obviously we're going to have some uh, cake and ice cream. You know what I'm thinking about this? If we let the ice cream melt, we could consider it like communion wine. <laughs> we could have communion. You can only have a thimbleful. Who ever said that? <laughs> just checking. Okay, yeah. just wondering. That's just, that's just the package size. How many calories in. in the thimble? I don't know <laughs> if there's calorie <laughs> limits when it comes to communion, but this is what I do know. I want you to take one of those hot night cards that are in the seat back pocket in front of you and grab the pen. I want you to write down this heart work question. It's not homework. You can do it wherever you do, but I want you to go and sit with this question. Because this question, the answer to this question, is between you and God. And you don't have to report it. There's no report card. So if you choose not to do this, that's up to you. But I want to encourage you to write down this question here. What is my present reality of salvation? In other words, 
What am I experiencing? What is my present reality of salvation? And then secondly, I want to write down this question. If this is a yes or no question, go back to one. Go back to question one. Question two, am I unpacking and enjoying everything that God gifted to me through Jesus? Am I unpacking and enjoying because if you notice right now, these balloons, I'm not enjoying them right now because they're just lying on the ground, right? I haven't appropriated them for anything. So am I unpacking and enjoying everything that God has gifted to me through Jesus? First question again, what is my present reality of salvation? And second, am I unpacking and enjoying everything that God has gifted to me through Jesus. Let's close our eyes and pray here quickly. Father, thank you for this unfathomably large, never-ending gift that you have given to us. That from the foundation of the world, you had us in mind as the recipients of this gift that you created us to be in reconciled fellowship with you, to be in a friendship with you, to walk in redemption, to experience freedom, to be healed, hold, free, protected, delivered. I thank you, Father, that there is nothing that you have held back from us and that as we surrender ourselves and our fears, our doubts, our questions, our unforgiveness, our failures, as we surrender those to you, we have a great exchange moment where we get everything that you died at the cross to purchase for us. And we let go of all that has held us back from your life. We don't want a so-so life. I want so-so, so-so, your life. Help me to, to consume your life, to let your life invade mine, take over the parts that I have let be dormant, let be stale, let be quiet. Holy Spirit, thank you for flooding through me, for flooding through my heart, for bringing life in ways that I did not even know were real. Father, today, I submit to you, I yield to you, Today, if that has been your heart's cry, I want you to write down the date and make a note of it because today is a milestone for you. Today is a new day. Today is a day of change that you can look back at when you're telling your friends, your family, your children, your grandchildren, 
your boss, your co-workers. Let me tell you what God has done for me. Because he hasn't just done it for me. He has done it for you. You don't lose anything when you share this gift. When you share this gift, your, your joy is multiplied. His grace abounds. Father, today we want to surrender everything to you. You are always good, always for us, always enough to walk us through and out of the pain and the, the, the deception that we have not yet submitted to you. Today is that day. If today is that day and you want to agree with somebody, I encourage you, before you go for cake and ice cream, come up here and pray with our prayer team. They will agree with you and they will remind you of what God said is yes and amen. Tell someone, today is my day that I'm free from X, Y, Z. I don't know what it is that God is setting you free. Is it depression? Tell someone. Is it feeling insignificant? Tell someone. Is it feeling trapped in sin? Tell someone. You're not the first person to be trapped in sin. There is no judgment here. There is freedom. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you that today as we celebrate, we have much to celebrate. That we can have fun, enjoy fellowship, and most of all, be yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, sweetheart. Hallelujah. Isn't that awesome? It is a time to celebrate. And, and you know, um, I want to encourage you. We, we, you know, last week we prayed for people at the end of the service. And I, I got some testimonies, actually, about some instant healings that people experience, pain disappearing. So I want you to know that part of, you, you know, don't, don't, when, when, when the word of God isn't presented to your heart in a way and your heart reaches out and it becomes tangible, is that there's a, there is a power. It's not because God stepped into the room. I want you to understand. It's because your heart was receptive to receive at that time. And it, so it's, it, it, there, is, there is power in an opportunity like that to respond when your heart is tender and ready to respond. And, and so if there is something in your heart, like I said, we have such great prayer ministers, so well trained. That, that they know how to flow with the Holy Spirit. They know how to see beyond just the superficial and, and, and minister to that. So I want you to, you know, these are great gifts to the body. Steve and Elise and Keith and Sue, and we've got some others too that are just so great at ministering prayer. And, and, and you know, whatever you say to them is confidential, you know, and so I want you to, I want to encourage you if there's something that you want to lay hold of or some burden you want to share, whatever it is, this is a time to do that. Amen. Amen. And then, um, but please stay, you know, I love, we, we'd love, you know, we've got these koinonia moments, these once a, once a quarter, we like to have this time where we can just hang out. And today's excuse is celebration, cake and ice cream. So please, so please uh, feel free to stick around. 
and um, hang out with, uh, with one another, get to know somebody you don't know, get to spend a few minutes with you. I don't know, normally it's about an hour or a little bit more than that, so it's not a whole afternoon, but I want to encourage you, if you do not know people here in church and you've been coming here for a considerable amount of time, it's your fault. That's an encouragement yeah. to get to know people. Shame on you. If you don't know anybody, sucks for you, bud. <laughs> so for that reason, we have opened the cafe up. Not that there's coffee available, but the seating is available in the cafe as well as in here. Parents who have got kids across in the children's building, if you want to go and get your kids, they do not know that there is cake and ice cream. So you get to be in charge of yeah. celebrating that with them. Or uh, not, if you don't feel if like... If you want to rather take a cupcake or some ice cream home and eat it in the car or eat it in the way, you're welcome to do that. Yeah. Don't feel like you have to miss out if you're not staying. Right, you're welcome no. to, to take Sorry to if I try to guilt you into anything here. I'm just like, no. That doesn't work in this church. <laughs> if nothing else, your wife's going to call you out. We love you guys. We want to want you to hang out though. Yes. Um, would you put some party music on for us, Dave? We got some celebration music? That'd be fun. We got some celebration music. Again, there is ministry opportunity and ministry places for you. So if you want to see Keith and Yeah, Sue, if your heart, like I said, don't miss out an opportunity to receive something from the Lord. If you need some ministry time, this is the time to. <laughs> 